0: Very, very good morning, everyone. You're so welcome to Lighthouse Church. I'm Junior de La Rina. I'm one of the pastors on staff. And together with my wife, Lucy, we also coordinate the Connect groups groups that meet during the week. And we study the Bible, we go for walks and hikes and all sorts of activities because we know that life is better connected, right? So if you are visiting here today, you especially very welcome. Yes, we meet in this musical venue, yes, but it's not about the place, but it's about the people. It's about those that we have here today. You, so great that you are here with us today. Thank you so much. And yes, we are on the last installment of our series, Euangelion. Yes, we've been learning about uh, what this word actually means and teaching a little bit of Greek to you. This is how you spell Evangelion, if you didn't know. Okay, it's very easy. And, uh, well, Evangelion is actually a Greek word, which basically means, as you translate it, you know, as good message or good news. This is what the word Evangelion means. And, yes, we love good news, right? But we were, lo- we're talking about this particular way that the word evangelion was used in, uh, so long ago. And they use good news was actually when they send people, the evangelists, to go to different towns and villages to announce that the, uh, the battle was won. Announce victory. But also they would send people to the different towns and villages to announce the birth of the emperor. Well, there was no other way. They didn't have social media those days or anything like that. So they had to send people to, to bring good news to different towns, to the different village. The Ewangelion. Ha- but the Ewangelion, as we look at scripture, is actually good news for everyone. It's not just for those who won. Because, you know, when someone wins a battle, that means that uh, someone else lost it, Right. But this news that we see in the Bible, that we see in Scripture, is good news for everyone. Nobody's going to lose anything, everybody's going to win. So, good news of what God has done for you and for me through Jesus Christ. To Christ Jesus. This is the good news that we are talking about about it here. But in the series, we're looking together and uh, we realized that bad news sells. That's why we have so many bad news in the news today. And they don't want to talk about something good, but there are so many different bad news out there. But in Scripture, we find that good news actually is here and good news saves We've been looking at the passage in Acts chapter 2, towards the end of the chapter 2, that talks about the beginning of the church, the beginning of this body of believers, and how they were sharing things together. They were doing things for one another. And as they were doing this, everybody was kind of looking at this group of people. and said, well, they're, they're very different. They help each other. They, they actually look after the needs of one another. And the reality is because of it, the Lord added to their numbers daily. The churches start to grow. The way they loved each other, the way they support one another, these churches start to grow. And what's the Lord doing? It? it wasn't them. The Lord was adding every single day those who were being saved. So the first um, part of the series, we look at good deeds. And then we learn that, you know, doing good deeds, that will lead to goodwill. That was last week, right? So goodwill that leads then to good news. As we're doing something good to people, as we are uh, serving, as we are actively doing things practical, we're going to gain goodwill in the community. And then you have the right to share good news. People are going to listen to you. People are going to listen to you. So, we saw first that, you know, good deeds actually is the fruit of our salvation. We don't do good stuff in order to gain or obtain anything. We do it because we already have received it. We already understand what God has done for us. So, it's the fruit. It's the result of our response. And then last week, we saw... Um, the seven C's of goodwill. So there was seven C's that we look at in order to gain goodwill in the community. And they're here. You know, we ought to be cordial, cooperative, caring, complimentary, uh, conciliatory, consistent, and charitable. Those seven C's, as, as, we, as we behave this way, as we act this way, we're going to gain more and more goodwill in the community. And today, the final part of our series, we will look together at good news. We all need good news right now. There are so much going on out there, right? A new variant now. And I wonder when this is going to stop, really. Because there will be variants and variants and variants of variants. And we hear about, oh, we're going to have to close, you know, the airports again. We're going to have to do this. We're going to have to do that because we know that bad news sells, right? We need. We need good news. Because the truth is, actually, that we all, everyone here, we love good news, don't we? We love when something good actually happened. We love to talk about it. We love to hear about it. And we, when something happened to you, when something good happened to you, you like to share with people, right? So if you got a new car, you, you like to tell, hey, come on, see, this is my new car. It's my first car. I got a promotion in my job. Or I got a job. I got a new house. I just bought a house. I remember when our first child, when we're expecting our first child, 16 years ago, we're like, wow, wow. I want to tell everyone. I want everybody to know that our first child is coming. And uh, 16 years ago, there was no social media. So that was very hard, right? And believe me, we managed. Because we had to phone Brazil. We had to phone friends. We had to go and tell people. We couldn't just post it. Well... Some of you here, you, maybe you're like me. I like to go on the rooftops and tell good stuff because when something good happens, I want everybody to know. I want everybody to enjoy with me. And I want to tell everybody. And I post it everywhere. Not long ago, I actually graduated and I got a master's. Whoa, Me? And, you know, I just shared that, not just because, oh, now Junior has a master's degree. No, because Junior, me, I have a master's degree. I managed to do it. But I put it on social media. And, you know, two years ago uh, when it happens and it was like this, this reminder on Facebook, oh, two years ago you're graduating. And I put it again. I was like, yeah, I got it. Look, look, it actually happened. But maybe you're here you're not like me. Like you, you're not gonna do this, like you know, gonna tell you know all my friends, all my family that I got, you know, maybe a promotion. They're gonna come ask me for money. <laughs> right? I'm gonna keep the promotion to myself. Well, the truth is you're always gonna share with someone. Maybe it's, it's your spouse, your kids, your best friend. There might be someone because it happened. Oh my gosh, this is so great. And you want to share with this person that is close to you. So maybe you're not in the rooftops, but maybe you are like a, a round the table cup of coffee type of a good news person. But we were looking at, as we prepared this, this study, and we saw this research that was published on the Scientific American website talking about good news. Like, why, why people share good news? What's the, res- the result of sharing good news? And here's some of the findings from this, re- from this research. And they said that, you know, when we share good news, actually raises our happiness level. Right? Isn't that right? You know, people get more happy than when we share just like because it's so good. Look at this. It's not just bad news in the world. There are good news in the world. But it puts us all in a very positive mood. yeah, it changes something inside our brain, and also what happens that increases our optimism. We start to see, "Oh wow, there's not just bad news in the world. Actually, th- good things happen, and it's happening right now. We get more optimistic, a- and as you share this, the interesting thing, the fact is that when we share all this, it creates a response. People respond as we share. And you know the response sometimes is they celebrate with you. They get happy with you and they start to celebrate it, right? It's like, wow, this is so good. So glad for you. So happy for you. Well, sharing our joy increases joy. Right? I'll say it again. Sharing our joy increases joy. Here's what Billy Graham a long time ago said. Look at this. It seems like he said it yesterday, but it was a little while ago. He said, our chaotic, confusing world has no greater need than to hear the message of good news. A while ago, it was a chaos. It was kind of confused. It was w- crazy. Seems like he was talking about nowadays now, right? Well, it was a while ago, but he realized that this world we live in is confused. It's, it's crazy. There is something all right. And people need to hear the good news, this good message that we are to share with everyone. He realized that. But if we, we, we acknowledge now that the world needs good news, that good news is something we like to share, that good news is something we like to celebrate with others. If this is all true, why when it comes to share the good news, the good news about Jesus, why don't we share it? Why don't we respond to this message? What, what happened if we, if we agree right now that, yeah, good news is something we like to talk about and we want to hear, we want to celebrate with others, why don't we share this good news about Jesus Christ then? Well, I've been serving in Ireland as a missionary for a little bit over 18 years now. And over the years, I've heard a lot of things that people told me why they don't share the good news. And, and here's just a few things. Just a few things. Well, some people turn around and say, Junior, it is too complicated. I I really don't know how to articulate. It's, you know, it's very hard to put into words. I I know what it is, but how to explain? Uh, Others just tell me, you know, Junior, I've never responded to the gospel because I just don't get it. Nobody ever explained it to me just said, oh, it's good news. What does it mean? What is so good about this news? Tell me. I don't don't get it. How am I going to respond if I can't really understand? Others told me, like, junior is too long. You know, we need to talk about Adam and Eve and the creation, and then you go for for Moses. Oh, you have Noah in between, and then you have the prophets, and oh, Junior, I, I, it's too long. I can't really. You know, I, I would need to do like a long lecture to help someone understand, right? Others turned around and they said, you know, Junior, I, I don't have it all together. Really, my life is not, I'm not, I'm not a, a good Christian. I, I still stumble. I still do things that are not right. So why would I share? They're going to look at my life and like, oh, you're a Christian? (laughs) That's why I don't share. I also heard people saying it's boring. (gasps) If it's good news, how can it be boring? Oh, it's boring. Oh, no, blah, 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 blah. I don't get it. I don't know. Really, which is the next one? People don't share because they say, "Junior, actually, I don't know. And I don't know how to share. I don't know how to start it. I, I don't know how to, I really, I really don't know what it is or how to start. Or I'm not good like you, Junior, who can just share like this. And finally, that's the one that's hardest to know is that many people say, you know, Junior, I don't respond to the gospel because there are too many Christians They aren't like Christ. They're just not like Christ. I hear them saying things, but I I see them doing something completely different. So I'm not interested in this message at all. So today, what are we going to do here? I want to give you a practical way to share the good news. And and the question we're going to answer today is, what is the good news and how do you share it? What is the good news, and how can you share it? It doesn't need to be someone from the platform. Well, uh, maybe you go somewhere that people are going to hear you. You're going to stand somewhere, but maybe it's just around the table, having a cup of coffee, chatting with your boss, with your friend. There are really good ways, and I want to give you a very, very practical way that you can come out of here today saying, oh, I know now. Not only I know how to share, I know how to respond. So that's why we designed this great wristband that I have here on my wrist, right? Which has some images, very clear images. There will be four steps that we're going to learn today how to share the good news. Really simple. And I have this wristband here. And you know what? I got a wristband. One for everyone in the audience today, right? We are going to get one. Fortune is going to come up right now. And we'll give each one of you the wristband. As you get it, I want you to put it on, because we are going to use it together, right? So, And the challenge is, you're going to keep it on. And next week, I want to see you wearing it. And and I want to see what happened afterwards. Because some people say, I don't know how to start sharing the good news, uh, Junior. Well, if you have this on your wrist, people are going to ask, right? Yeah, see, see, see how easy it is? You, you just have it like this casually, and you're just like, oh, oh, look, look at this, oh. And people are going, what is that on your wrist? Why are you wearing this? Boom, here's the opportunity. Here's the opportunity. Oh, right, they asked me, oh, no, what am I going to do? Because <laughs> they saw it. So don't just keep it hidden away, right? Put on your wrist, let everybody see it, because we want people to ask you, why is this? And you know, to help you understand how to share the good news, we're going to use only one verse today. And it's a very well-known verse. And maybe if you watch uh, the games, you might have seen it, you know, people holding the plaque there, you know, with John 3, 16. I remember as a child, that was the, one, the first one, I had to learn was John 3:16. Right, you can say it with me if you know because it's I mean maybe you've heard, right? So you can say it after me. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Very simple way. John 316. You can memorize it. You can remember very easily. You have this. And from the verse here, here's the truth we're going to get out of it. There are four steps in you sharing the good news, you understanding what the good news is. And here they are. First one is that God, he loves. God so loved the world that he gave. So God gave everyone who believes. So I believe and the final one is, I receive. Very simple steps to understand the good news of Jesus Christ. God gave, God God loves, God gave, I believe and I receive. So let's dive into the first one, which is God loves. So on your wrist here, you're going to find the heart. Well, wow, very easy. I made it very easy for you. Okay, it's a heart, a love heart that reminds you that God loves. Can you say after me, God? Again, God? So you get your finger, you're going to point it to the heart, and you say it again. God? God loves. For God so loved the world. God loves. And you know, his love, it's amazing. He started first. He initiated. It was nothing about what you and I had to do or will do to gain this love. He started, he is the one who loved us first. Good news starts with God. Doesn't start with me. It doesn't start with what I can do. It doesn't start with the church. It starts with God. Right, Amen. Yes? starts with him. He loved us first. And, and the scripture says that even before the foundation of the world, even before you and I were born, he already loved. He loved us in a way that is so amazing. And you know what? We cannot have good without God. Because if we have good without God, we can only have an O. Right? Remove God and it's only a no. Oh. (laughs) Thank you, Patrick, for this joke. But it's true. We need God to experience goodness. To experience what is good for real in this life. Or else it's going to be momentarily. It's going to be something that comes and goes. Something that is forever is what we're going to see here is only with God. But the truth is that God, he's not mad at you. He's mad about you. So many people have this picture of God up in the cloud, observing things on earth, waiting for you to do something wrong so he can say, ha-ha. Or maybe God is sitting on a cloud holding a lightning bolt. And the first thing you do wrong is going to shoot at you. Bah! you die. disappeared. That is the picture that so many people have when they think about God. He's mad at me because I do wrong things. Because I'm not all together. Because I'm not with him. I don't go to church. I don't do good deeds. And I don't, and I don't, and I don't. It's an unconditional love. There's nothing you do. He loves us, he's mad about you. He loves us no matter what, and you know, it's hard for us to comprehend his love, because the love we experience is conditional. We, we always link with something else in our society nowadays, talks a lot about the self-satisfaction. When it does not satisfy me anymore, when I don't gain anything out of it, well, I don't want it anymore. It doesn't happen in this kind of love. It's not linked link to anything you and I would do or can do. He loves us just because. Here's what uh, Jeanette Duty, a an American author, said w- about her experience of, of, of this love. She said, God is love. It's true. It's what the scripture says. You know, he loves us. And he pursues us with this love. And when I experienced his love, I was able to share that love with others. I appreciate the love God has for me. It's not just a love that is, underst- is understood here. But it's felt in your heart. It's experienced. And when you experience this love, things change. Things change completely. And then you know what he has done for you and for others. And you start to see things differently as well. That's what she's saying here. And I can be here talking and talking and talking about his love, but if you don't decide to experience it yourself, you won't know. And I can say just like Jeanette said, well, I know what it does. And it's a love that is it's coming. It's, it's, it's reaching out to me. It's reaching out to you. Now look at your, your heart again. And here's what we're going to do. Because the verse says that, for God so loved the world. And that can seem a little bit remote, a little bit afar, right? But this is what we're going to do. You look at the heart, and we're going to say it out loud. For God so loved, then you say your name. Okay? Let's do this, because this is true. You and the world, he loves you. So look, look, look at the hearts, and you can say it. You might don't want to say it very loud like me, but say it with your words. For God so loved Junior, say your name. For God so loved, He loves you unconditionally. He loves you. First step, God loves, and then what happened is that God gave. That's the second one. So let's look at our gift. We have a little gift wrapped and beautifully here. You're going to point to it, and you're going to say after me, God gave. God gave. Again, God gave. God gave. So God loved. God gave. He gave something amazing. You know what? We can give without loving, but we cannot love without giving. We cannot love without giving. This love described in Scripture, described in the Bible, is a love that compels us to do something about it. That's why we've been talking about in the series. And we started with good deeds. It's a result of, of this message. This amazing love that God has for us compelled Him to give. And you know, He gave, God gave His best to us. He gave his best. You know, some people said that he bankrupted heaven, sending his one and only son everything for you and for me. And he gave his best to meet our greatest need. To meet our greatest need. What, what is it? I mean, in, in the verse, he gave us this, this idea, right? That we don't deserve it. But without this gift that God gave, we would perish. You know, that's what says, you know, whoever believes in him will not perish. We don't deserve this gift. No, we don't. Initiate it with him. But without this gift that he gave us, we will perish. Well, perish is another word for die. We will not die. But you can say, well, Junior, the truth is that uh, 100% is guaranteed that we are going to die. Well, it's true. Physically, we will But as we start to look into this verse a little bit more, it talks about eternal life. The reality here brought into is something about your spiritual life. That without this gift, you die spiritually. You remain dead spiritually. You're in this trouble. Because there's nothing you can do about it. it. It's like your life support. And you need rescue. You need help. You're in the Titanic sinking. The world is crazy, chaotic. And spiritually, we're dead. We need someone to rescue us. We need something to happen to change our reality. And you know what a perishing person actually needs is life. What a perishing person, person who is dying, what this person needs is life. And this life can only be given through this gift. Through this gift, which we're going to see who he is right now, but he's talking about Jesus, right? And he himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's not a life that you can obtain yourself. You cannot create this life yourself, no. It's given, it's a gift. It's a gift given to you. Only through Jesus we can receive this life. That is eternal. That is forever. That your spirit can actually become alive, become something. The reality is that God, he is a giver. He likes to give. He likes to give. There are a few things he actually wants to take. And the only things he wants to take away from us is is our mistakes, our misery, our mess. All the bad news part of the stuff, Right? You want to take it away. But you want to give. Give this life. We're we're coming to this moment now, which is Christmas season, right? And and people say Christmas is the season of giving. We exchange gifts, don't we? And, And the reason why we do this, it should be to remember the greatest gift we have received. You know, we exchange gifts on Christmas Day, and after a little while, maybe the next day, that gift is already old. You're already unwrapped, it's already there in a the corner, but the gift God received is forever. Never gets old. You know, it's never put in a corner. It's something that we can enjoy forever. And you know, this season, we are going to demonstrate in a very clear way the winter wonderland next saturday here in the car park of the hotel we're going to be doing winter wonderland we're going to be giving stuff away we're going to be giving out gift to all the children we're going to be giving out hot chocolate we're going to be giving out this this welcome pack with a lot of goodies inside just to tell people you know god give and it's for free and we give because His love is free. That's what we want to tell people in a very practical way. That's what we're doing, what we're doing. And you can bring your friends. You can tell them. It's a drive through Whatever happens. They don't have to leave the car, but they're going to receive a lot of things. Because God's love is given freely to everyone who wants to receive. You know, a gift is not left unwrapped in the corner. When you receive the gift, you like to open it. You like to enjoy it. You like to see what is inside of it. Why so many people just leave this gift of good news in the corner, underneath the tree, without being open, without being unwrapped? We need to open. We need to enjoy it. So again... You look here, you say, God gave. Okay, point again, God. Very good. And the next one, you're going to find here, the cross. Try to make it simple and easy for you, okay? So you point to the cross, you're going to see the next one is, I believe. You can send after me, I believe. Again? I believe. I believe. God loved, God gave, and how I believe. And the cross is there. What do we believe because the verse says, whoever believes in him. Who is him? Jesus. God's talking about, you know, his one and only son. Jesus Christ is God's one and only son. So whoever believes in Jesus will not perish but have eternal life. But wh- what do we believe about Jesus? Because a lot of people will say, oh, yeah, Jesus is everything to me. Is it Really? Oh, no, no, Uh, yes, Uh, I I have a tattoo on my arm. I I have a necklace here. I have a picture in my house. It's everything to me. Is it really everything to you? You don't eat? You don't do laundry? You don't do anything? (laughs) What do you understand about Jesus? Who is this Jesus? Is it Jesus of the Bible or is it the Jesus of religion? Here's what the Bible says. This is what we should know about Jesus. We're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And, and it's clear here. What do we believe about Jesus? So, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 to 4. For what I have received, I pass it on to you as of first importance that Christ died for your sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, um, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Here's the thing He died, he was buried, and he was raised. That's what we're talking about. When we look at the cross, that's what should help us. I believe in this Jesus. I believe what? I believe that Jesus came. First of all, yes, he was here with us. I I believe that he lived among us, that he was a good teacher, that he taught us about God. But I believe that he died on the cross for the forgiveness of, of, of my sin, of our sin. He died for us. We were singing a song just a while ago that talks about this message. And we believe that God raised him back to life. He's not on the tomb. He's alive. And he's going to come back. Amen. Yes. That's when we look at the cross. We need to remember this is the message. You know, it is a historical event. It actually happened. It's recorded outside the scripture that Jesus was here among us. That is true. We believe in Christ. We believe in Christ Jesus. The Christ in the crib who grew up to be the Christ on the cross. That little baby going to be celebrated talking about at Christmas time. He wasn't just there as a baby forever. He grew up. He showed us the way to the Father. He showed how much the Father loved us. And he died on the cross so you and I would not perish forever. We won't be eternally separated from God. Because that's the result of being dead forever, of perishing, is being is spending eternity so far away from God. We all believe in something, that's the truth. The question is what do you believe? You know that when you came in this morning here, you believed that this chair would hold you, right? Um I don't know, Junior. Well, you didn't go and check if the screws were in place or who made the chair, you know, if the chair was placed in, 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 in the right way, and right angle. You just came in and you sat down because you put your trust, your belief that the chair would hold you. So we're all believing in something. And some people, you know, might believe in the economy, might believe in their skills, and might believe in their abilities. But we're always playing around the idea of believing. What do you believe? What is the message that was proclaimed to you that you believe about Jesus Christ? What is it? You know, other religions out there will say that you must do to obtain. You have to do something. You need to gain. You earn your right to be there. But Christianity says it is done. Amen. You know, Jesus said on the cross, and you look at the cross here, he said, it is done. It is finished. There's nothing else. I did it. I paid the price. So, people in this world can respond, can have eternal life indeed. C.S. Lewis once said, I believe in Christ like I believe in the Son. Not because I can see it, but by it, I can see everything. I can see everything. Believing in Jesus helps us see things around us that we never realized were there. See things around us that we never realized were important. It changes our perspective. It changes the way you and I behave. It's a work that starts in us. So we look at God's love, God gave, I believe, and finally, I receive. So look at the open hands, the open hands there. You're going to point to it. Say after me, I receive. Again, I receive. I receive. You heard all of this about his love and his gift given for free. There's nothing you need to do to get it. And, and how, what Jesus had done, that you believe in him now, you need to receive it, right? You, you just need, it's placed right there in your hands. Will you take it? W- will you receive it? It's there. <sighs> we look at John 1, 12 right now. What happened here? Really, look, look at this. But to all those who receive him, that's Jesus, to those who believe in his name and Jesus' name, he gave the right to become children of God. He gave the right to become children of God. To all those who receive, he acknowledged here that not everybody will. That not everybody will. It's there. He's not going to force into you, hey, here's a gift. Open up. Open, open, open. No. It's here. Would you take it? And those who receive it then, here's what happened. (laughs) As we receive Jesus, We receive a new identity. Amen? We now become children of God. You're not separated anymore. You're not far away from Him. You're not going to perish, but the whole reality of eternal life is displayed here because you're now children of God. (laughs) Our life here in this earth is a fraction. Something small, we are just a moment, but eternity is beyond our understanding. Something we cannot comprehend, but the truth is if we are perishing, we're going to sta- spend eternity far away from God, dead. But if we receive this gift, if we respond to it, if we open up, if we unwrap, if we say, yes, I want to take it, we become children of God. We now spend eternity in his presence. We welcome in his house. We belong to his family now. Isn't that amazing? Amen? Yes. God, he loved the world unconditionally. It's, it's nothing we can do. He loves the world unconditionally. Receiving his love is the only condition. Right? Right? So his love is unconditional. The only condition he is receiving for you to experience his love, for you to know what this love is all about, what the good news is all about, you just need to receive it. That's why they open hands here. The great Corrie Ten she put it this way. You know, eternal life does not start when you go to heaven. It starts the moment you reach out to Jesus. He never turned his back to anyone. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. He's not going to turn his back. It doesn't matter what you've done, what you've said. It doesn't matter how your life is all about right now. He's with open arms saying, come, come, come. Receive now. Receive now. So, receiving is not a get-out-of-jail card, right? Oh, I'm not going to go to hell. I'm going to go to heaven now. I received. Because it starts the moment you receive. It starts here. It starts now. It's the beginning of a journey. When you receive the good news of Jesus, when you receive this gift, a journey starts so you discover God's extraordinary purpose for your life. God has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for me, for all of us here. He wants to use each one of you in an amazing, special way. And as you start this journey after receiving, you start to discover that He's something He wants to do in me, through me, in my life. So, what is the good news? How can you Share it. Very easy. I gave you a tool right now. I break down very easily for you to remember. So you wouldn't know where to start or how to start. But here it is. What is the good news? Call loves. God gave. I believe. I receive. Very simple. Here's three things to consider as you share the good news. Three very simple things to consider. Keep it simple. Keep it short. And keep it sincere. So keep it simple. You don't need to complicate it. As you saw in one verse, with one verse, with three, four symbols here, you can share the good news. It's simple. The good news is very easy, very simple. We attempt to complicate it. Religion makes it so difficult to reach But this message is reachable. It's easy for everybody, for everyone. John MacArthur said, The simplicity of the gospel gives what the complexity of human wisdom promises, but never delivers. That complexity never delivers. It's simple. It gives something that would change the heart of people, change the life of people. Keep it short. You don't have to go through the whole Bible as I explain the good news. You don't have to start all of there, oh, Junior, but then you're not saying everything. Well, as you start to disciple people, as people receive the gift and they respond to the gospel message, you start to teach them, hey, let's look here what happened. Let's see what Scripture tells us. Let's unpack this gift, this box, you know. When you open up the gift and you enjoy enjoy that, you start to discover new things of this gift, right? And this is what it is. It's, It's journeying with people. But keep it short. You don't have to make it something too long. I love this quote from... The Chosen series. If you don't know about this series, you can Google it. The Chosen is an amazing series, all crowdfunded, and uh, they're trying to portray Jesus in a so human, great way. And in there, there is this encounter with the woman at the well. And uh, as she goes to tell about this this connection that she had with Jesus, she starts to tell people, you know, look how short she shares the message. I was one person, and now. I'm in another. And what happens in between was Jesus. I was this way. And now now I'm in that way. And Jesus is what happened. And this change is short, simple. And finally, keep it sincere. You don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to be a theologian. Know your Bible from inside out. Well, you need to know scriptures. is true. But you don't have to take the, the five, ten years of study to know it all. No, just talk about from your heart, from your experience, from what it is, what it means to you, how you have received this gift, how you have opened up this gift. As R.C. Sprouse put it, and you might have heard this before, the truth is that we're just one beggar telling another beggar where to find the bread of life. We're nothing, no one is special. We're not someone that is, is, is well-trained or, no. We're just someone who has found the bread of life and we're now telling others. Hey, come here. Because it's good news for everyone, we saw it, right? Good news for everyone. Come here, look. You can get life. You're not going to perish. It's for you. Respond, receive it now. Josh McDowell, he puts this reality: of, of whenever Jesus has been proclaimed, has been announced, we see lives change for good, nations change for the better, thieves become honest, alcoholics become sober, hateful individuals becoming channel of love, unjust person embrace justice. When the gospel is proclaimed, is shared, is announced, things start to happen. It's a process that started inside out. Started inside giving you life, changing what is dead in here. And you start to respond to this message. And you start to do good deeds. And you start to to, uh, have goodwill among people. And changes start to happen in you and in others. God loves, God gave, I believe, I receive the good news of Jesus Christ. So simple, so short. Don't leave this gift unwrapped. Don't leave it in the corner.